Uh, we have more of the story books. They are out by the coffee cart welcome center on a card table out there, and you're welcome to take a book with you. There are a total of 31 weeks, 31 chapters to this journey through the Bible, and uh, we are on chapter 17 today. So if you would like a book, they're yours, please pick one up and uh, just pick up with where we are in the story and you can catch up with the other chapters uh, later if you want to. Uh, just join us on this journey that will take us all the way into May as we get familiar with sort of the way God has lined out his plan uh, in, in, as, it's, as it's described in the Bible, which is a, a remarkable story when you put it all together. Uh, we have so far been on this journey where God started with a promise to Abraham that uh, he, even though he was old, would have a son, and he and his wife Sarah did, named Isaac, and uh, through Abraham that the generations uh, to follow and his descendants would become as numerous as the sands on the seas and as numerous as the sand, and, and that came true. And God, by a, a lot of different people, brought the people out of Egypt in slavery through Moses, delivered them into this promised land under Joshua, and gave them some very specific instructions and said simply this, I will put in front of you both blessings and curses. And if you obey and follow me and, and serve me and love me and, and practice that, then you will be blessed in your life. If you do not do that, you will experience curses from me and suffer consequences that I'll bring upon you. Well, under David, uh, David was a man after God's own heart as king, and through David and all of his descendants, we would receive the Messiah, Jesus. And so he promised to David that there would always be a descendant of David who was of the tribe of Judah. There were 12 tribes. Even though the kingdom split, ten tribes went north and two tribes were left down in the south where Jerusalem was, including Judah. They were called Israel, the ten tribes, the two tribes called Judah. And because Israel was disobedient to God and the kings led the people astray and because the temple wasn't located in the northern kingdom, they built two calves, golden calves for the people to worship and all that. So uh, God allowed them to fall. So the northern kingdom fell in the 700s B.C. That fell. They were taken off by the Assyrians. They were conquered by them. That left just the, the, the area of Judah uh, that was left. And about 150 years after the northern kingdom fell, we see now the fall of the southern kingdom where Jerusalem was. Manasseh was a terrible king, as different kings were. Um, he led the people astray. The Solomon Temple that one he built was so glorious for the place for God's name to dwell and be powerful. It's hard to believe, but they started bringing in Asherah poles and bringing in other idols, and they set up that temple, and God was, was no longer the center of Jerusalem. It couldn't have been called the holy city by any stretch of the imagination. And so as a result of that, God could not allow that to go on. His promise was that it was to be a place for his name and that nations, all the nations who know who God was through 
his people, the Israelites. Uh, and so now we see the fall of Judah in the south, that kingdom, and they're hauled off by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. But all the while, there, there were, there, God has had prophets and, and a voice that has been speaking to them. So they introduce us to two prophets here today, Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And as they said, Jeremiah was in the area of Jerusalem. Ezekiel was in the area of Babylon where the people had been taken off into captivity. There were a few people left in Jerusalem. And what they did was this magnificent city, the temple, everything about it was destroyed. The Babylonians came in. They just destroyed the place. They took off the treasures of the temple. The walls came tumbling down, which is why on your bulletin in the front, the graphic that we have is crumbled stones and walls. Uh, it's a depiction of what had fallen apart. They had fallen apart in their hearts long before there was a physical destruction of the city and the temple. They had fallen apart and away from God in their hearts long before this physical destruction. Uh, punishment came about. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet, and it was because his message and his heart was one of, of destruction, and, and, um, and, and his message wasn't a pleasant one, and Jeremiah said, I, I'm not a good speaker, and God said, don't worry, I'll put my words in your mouth. I'm going to ask you to speak this word, and not only are you going to speak this word for me, but listen, you're not going to succeed because the people aren't going to listen to you. Can you imagine being given a responsibility by God and he said, and oh, by the way, it's going to fail? That would be a tough one. You're going to stand in front of these people. You're going to speak for me. You're going to issue warnings about what's going to pay, happen in hopes that they will return or repent. But they've strayed so far away from me that your message is going to fail and the people are not going to repent. And sure enough, that's what happened. And so that was Jeremiah the prophet. And then Ezekiel was taken off into Babylon. He was, he was out there in this area where they were carted off from their home area. And he was among those who had been carted off to Babylon. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to learn about what is it like to live in a foreign place and you be the one who has to stand for God in a pagan area, in a, in a foreign place. Well, we're going to learn next week about uh, Daniel. And then we're going to learn about Esther, another person. So this is what's happening to the people of Israel. Total destruction, scorched earth, all this stuff we've been journeying through, this promised land, the magnificent palaces of David and the buildings under Solomon and the temple and the worship and all this that God had brought to the people, just imagine now it has completely crumbled and destroyed. Now I realize there are people here today who your lives would have gone through some peaks and valleys. Some of you have had great successes in your journey with God and in your personal life and all that's gone on with you. You've suffered a few losses, but on the whole you're standing pretty well. Others of you understand what it is to have all the walls crumble down around you. And whether it was of your doing, on a consequence of your own disobedience and walking away from God, or whether it was just a circumstance that happened to you and you found yourself caught in a situation that was, was broken 
and it was breaking down around you. All of those kind of things happen. But that's, that's what we have. That's what's going on. Very unsettling, very, very much a difficult situation for everyone involved. So it's all been, all that stuff that we've been talking about and how wonderful and glorious and all the battles and all the things that have taken place, well, this morning, uh, it's all gone. It's all, it's all gone. So I'm going to bring up to you, for you a scripture that Jeremiah spoke in Jeremiah 2.13, and, and this pretty well, this one verse, sums up everything that was going on wrong and, and why. And this one verse of all this description of all these kings who did right, did evil, all the rest, it all comes down to, in my mind, this one verse. And we're going to leave it up here a little bit so I can explain something to you. Let's read it together. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So we see written here two sins that basically it came down to for all those people. And honestly, it comes down to this same thing for you and I who are here today. It comes down to this very same thing. Right beside each other are two pictured illustrations. The first one talks about the living water. And you remember Jesus talked about the woman at the well. He said, out of, out of you will spring rivers of living water. That is God. Where we place our focus on God, that's what is here. On the other side, you have what is called a cistern that's broken and doesn't hold water. So this is what's going on. I don't know if anybody has ever had a cistern. Have you ever had a cistern? Look, at there's some people that understand this notion of a cistern. A cistern, oftentimes in this day and time, in, in, in those days, existed where there wasn't a lot of water. There wasn't well, a well to dig. You had to collect water, rainwater often, and it would go into this receptacle, and, and they were various sizes, but it was a cistern that would trap and collect water, usually rainwater of some sort. And so that would become the water source. And the problem often with a cistern, especially in those days, is, is imagine water, rainwater, that's trapped when it rains. What would maybe happen to that water over time? It would get stagnant. It could get algae, it could get disease in it, it could have all kinds of problems with it. It was, a, it, was a, it was this thing of water, and that people collected this water, and it says that in this, they were digging out their cisterns, and these cisterns were broken, and so they weren't even good cisterns, so it kept leaking water out that was gathered there, and they were continuing to work on this, these cisterns that weren't holding water, while right here, right here, was living water, fresh, life-giving, abundant in its supply, right alongside, and yet what they chose to do is continue to work on these broken cisterns. That's what the people have been doing. We have sometimes been guilty of doing a similar thing in the way we live our lives. 
because what we're seeking is some place for satisfaction and fulfillment. And what we do is <coughs> we spend a lot of time and energy and money and effort and emotional energy digging out these cisterns and trying to drink this stagnant water. We're, we're trying to do this with, with all kinds of things for significance. We're looking for the meaning of life and we're trying to dig out this meaning of life for ourselves and we're trying to drink this water that won't satisfy. We're trying to chase all this stuff down in the world to meet our needs, to get our satisfaction taken care of, our significance, our sense of meaning in life. We're over here wasting our time on these awful, broken cisterns with this terrible, stagnant, stale, stinky water. We're doing all of that when right here is living water. We, we do that. So the two sins were this. Disobeying God by chasing after things that don't hold life for us. And rejecting the very God who offers life to us. Those are the two sins. God offering life to us. Digging our own cisterns. Rejecting God's provision for our lives. That's what they were doing. That's in a nutshell what was going on. And so God left them off to go ahead. Go ahead. Have it. If that's what you insist on doing with your life, I'm not going to intervene. If you're determined to dig these cisterns and drink this rotten water that just makes you sick and continue to go through that process and do that over and over again, go ahead. But right over here, if you will trust me, if you will trust me and obey me and follow me and live for me and put all of your marbles over in this basket right here, you will have a source and a resource of life that will never go dry for you. And that is the way back and that is the way through and that is the way in which we can revive and be revitalized and be rebuilt. All of this destruction was a physical destruction. All they really needed to do was turn their hearts their hearts over to the Lord. That's what they needed to do. You would think that it wouldn't be that hard. But that was the message of the prophets over and over again. And the people continued to be stiff-necked and keep trying to go their own way. And so they found themselves in that place of brokenness and despair. It seems pretty simple, doesn't it? But we keep making the wrong choices. We keep chasing after stuff that's not going to satisfy. Spending time and energy and effort. Instead of trusting God and obeying His ways and the promises that He gives to us. So Jeremiah wrote a book in the Bible called Lamentations, and it just talks about all of this destruction. It's a lament to God. But here is something that both Jeremiah and Ezekiel promised. They always offered a promise of hope. Something is buzzing up here. I, I don't know what it is. One of these monitors or something up here, I think. Maybe you can't hear it, but it's driving me crazy. 
guitar in the back. This one? Yep. On the back. There you go. Thank you. Better? Yes. Nope, that didn't fix it. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to work through this. <clears throat> There's always a message of hope, and that's what I love about this. Lamentations is filled with doom and gloom. Everything is broken down around them. But if you just make this turn from this broken cistern to the life of Jesus and the life-giving water that he brings. You can do that. It doesn't change some of the rubble around you necessarily or anything like that right away, but it will change you. And that's the most important part. Thank you, Patrick. It will change you. And he has the magic touch, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, it will change you. Does that make sense? All this other stuff, this rubble and everything else, the one thing that can happen is it will change you. You can change your heart to Jesus. So here's what it says in, in Jeremiah. He says, I'll never forget the trouble. Okay, where are we at? My people have committed. Let's go, let's go to the Lamentations one. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I swallow, the weeping process. This is a bitter experience that he has just been through. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. I love this. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself and enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Take it full face. The worst is never the worst. Why? Because the master won't ever walk out and fail to return. If he works severely, he also works tenderly. His stockpiles of loyal love are immense. That's amazing love. That is God right there. And then Ezekiel, with those who were in exile, also had a message of restoration for them. And it was called the Valley of Dry Bones. So we're going to play a little video that depicts this message from Ezekiel. 
the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, and say to it, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. I don't know about you, but that gave me some chills when I... I'll tell you what, I mean, to just think about God and his power and his life-giving spirit coming into us and moving uh, in our lives. And this right here today that you're learning and experiencing should carry you. It's enough information I've given you today that should carry you for the rest of the days of your life. That's how important this stuff is. This should, if you, if this does, if this should stay with you all the rest of the days of your life. The two sins that I talked about is chasing after things that don't give life and rejecting the, the one God who does, if you focus there. And the other part of it is, is no matter what has crumbled around you, the worst is still not the worst and that God still has a plan of restoration for your life. Those two things will carry you no matter what, no matter what, all the rest of your days. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that this is a powerful message for our lives today. Sometimes we lose perspective. Sometimes we lose sight of you. Sometimes we waste ourselves on digging cisterns that don't hold water when right there alongside and right there waiting for us is rivers of living water that you hold in store for us. So I pray that if anybody's been digging broken cisterns, that they'd stop that effort because they're tired. They're exhausted. They've exhausted themselves. And that they would turn towards you. And I pray that if there's areas of our lives where we haven't trusted you and what you have for us because we've been distracted and taken away by all the chaos and confusion and crumbling stones around us, that we would just shift our focus and our hearts back to you. And I thank you, God, that no matter what happens in this life, there is always the promise of hope, 
because your love never fails. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand and sing How Great Thou Art. The words will be up here on the screen. How Great Thou Art. Let's form a circle here this morning just quickly and have a little sharing before we go.
just grab a hand if you want, or just put it in front of your you if it's uh, something you don't if you're sick or don't want to hold a hand. That's fine. We don't take that personally or anything. No big deal. All right. Uh, I know you know if some of you thought by coming to church today it might help the Broncos win. I don't know, but. <laughs> All right. Um, joys and concerns. I mentioned, uh, yes, Sharon. Oh, Donna. Oh. Donna called about 8.30 this morning, and uh, she had a rough life last night. Good, good friend of Richard's. Donna, thank you for being here today. Our hearts are with you. And uh, yes, I'm glad that you came. Uh, you're still in shock, and, and really this just happened as an accident. He had a tree fall on him yesterday. So. Um, uh, 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 other joys, concerns? Yes, Dominica? Yes, we will. Dominica's uh, son, Trevor, is an eighth grader. We'll pray for you as well. Others? Oh, <laughs> well, happy birthday. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, you know, I know all of you have different things going on. If you would like prayer today um, in any special way, you can just come right up here. I'm happy to stick around. I'll be happy to pray with you. Uh, if you have someone with you or beside you that needs prayer, just take a moment for prayer before you leave. And be encouraged because God loves you and... He cares about your life and those who are around you. And I'm so grateful for that. He has taken me through so many, so many things in my own personal life. And uh, he's never failed nor forsaken me. And I'm very grateful for that. So, Lord, thank you for meeting with us today by your spirit. And that you alone are the one who can really deeply, most significantly meet us at our, our greatest points in our lives, our highest highs and our lowest lows, and even on those days that are just normal days. We thank you. We thank you for the message of the Bible from these people that lived before us, that learned, made their mistakes, uh, had their joys, had their sorrows, that we might learn from them something more of you. Sing alleluia Have a great day. Thank you all for being here.